Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always, coming to y'all on a Wednesday night. And we got a lot of lacrosse to talk about, including some big games going down this weekend. But got to start with what happened today, uh, Wednesday. Um, not going to talk about any games on Tuesday. We They were all blowouts. Um, did have some records broken. Caraway is the um, you know, all-time points leader, a goal leader at Georgetown. Um, Ryan Tierney has broken the CAA career points. Um, and I believe it's the Hofstra career points as well. Um, and Ryan Smith at Robert Morris um, broke his own record for uh, single game points at uh, Robert Morris. So uh, did have some records broken, but essentially all blowouts. So not going to touch on those games there. Um, but we will touch on a couple that happened here on Tuesday, oh, excuse me, Wednesday. Um, and you know, first off, we got to talk about the, the big one, the, the headliner of the midweek slate, which was high point and Virginia. Um, the Cavaliers bounced back from that 10 point loss against, uh, Syracuse over the weekend. They get a 12 to 11 win over High Point at home um, in Charlottesville. This was a game in which, you know, personally, I felt like Virginia had it in the bag pretty much from, I mean, I, I would say probably the third quarter, like middle of the third, I felt they had it in the bag. Um, you know, um, while High Point had, so Virginia came out hot. Um, they came out hot, and they took a 3-0 lead early on, and then Kobe Russell, <laughs> nasty dodge, undodge, redodge, sequence there on the cage to get high point on the board. Um, and, you know, the Cavaliers, they ended the, the first with, you had a buzzer beater from Ben Weyer, um, in transition, long pole goal. Um, that got them a ton of momentum heading into the second. And, but the momentum flipped, if you will, and, you know, high point, they kind of turned it into another gear. And, you know, High Point, they, they will do this to you. They will not look good one minute, and the next minute, the best team on the field. Like, it is it is so, they're so inconsistent in within a game. It, 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 it's very odd. Um, the only game they've had any consistency in was honestly against Robert Morris in the opener. Ever since then, there's never been really in, any consistency. And even in that game, they let RMU come back a bit, but they only get by like 10. So, you know, there was no coming back totally, but they let them come back a bit, and the game ended up looking closer than it was. The final score did. Um, this is one in which High Point, 
you know, they flipped the script kind of in the second. And, you know, Parker Green stepped up in cage uh, his first start of the season. He stepped up. They were able to keep that Cavaliers offense at bay as best as they could. And, you know, Virginia was still holding a six to eight, uh, a, a eight to six lead heading into the half, uh, in, into the halftime. And so, um, you know, they ended the half with Botron and Dixon getting those two goals. And then, but you still kind of felt like, okay, High Point has some momentum. Um, you know, this is going to maybe go down to the wire, which eventually it did. But honestly, it did not feel like that. It felt like Virginia just outran them, outplayed them. Um, in, every, in pretty much every category, um, when you look at the stat sheet, they did. Um, you know, and the turnovers for High Point are you know, the, the, the thing that kind of are, are the most striking. Um they had 25 opposed to Virginia's 27. However, however, the end of the game was chaotic. I mean, you have pipe shot, pipe shot, failed clear, failed clear, turnover, turnover, turnover. It's back and forth. It's about a five-minute series where that's all we got. It was just chaos. It was just madness unfolding. Um, and so that's where Virginia got a lot of their turnovers. Virginia had 12 turnovers in the fourth quarter alone. In the final quarter, they had 12 of their 27 turnovers. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. Um, Asher Nolting, like he had a ton of turnovers and he didn't really do, do much at all, but uh, for High Point, Dalton Silver and uh, Kevin Rogers kind of led the way there. Um, three points each, uh, two goals, one assist for both. Uh, Braden Maia uh, had that, you know, the last goal of the game, which you no know, garbage time goal at, at the buzzer, by the way. Uh, no, no great buzzer beater, just needed uh, one a bit earlier uh, to, to tie the game, which, you know, they end up losing by one. But, like, Honestly, I just this this is a game where I felt like Virginia had it in the bag, and while High Point stuck around a bit longer, and you know was able to um, able to come back a bit, you know, um, this is just one where I think v- clearly Virginia is the more talented team overall. And clearly, High Point's got some work to do in a lot of areas, but Virginia does as well. But, you know, and we um, this is a similar situation to what we saw against North Carolina from High Point where they let North Carolina go on some big runs and they were always able to answer. Similar thing here. Um, High Point is very, very inconsistent. Moving on to the next one here. Providence 18, Fairfield 17. Once before we move on, before we move on, forgot to mention um, the, the the day that uh, the Virginia defense had overall. Um, just these two stats here: 
Alex Road, 17 saves. Uh, Kyle Collegy, uh, goodness gracious. Man had five cross turnovers, five ground balls. Just unbelievable day for uh, Kyle Collegy. Um, moving on to Providence and Fairfield. Um, Providence gets the 18-17 win over the Stags. Um, it's Fairfield's first game of the season. Um, I did not have the luxury of watching this one, uh, but you know was able to follow it on Twitter and and whatnot, and uh, have you know worked with the box score and everything. And um, you know Fairfield, like credit to Fairfield, they were able to come back in this one. Um, you know Providence, it was a ten to six Providence lead at the half. They had a five goal run um, from the thirty five second mark through the eight thirty mark in the second, um, and that like turned turned the tables because um, you no know, Fairfield jumped out to a two zero lead early. Providence responded, and it was really back and forth ever since then. But until that five uh, five unanswered from from Providence, we had not really seen any sort of big run from either team. Um, Fairfield outscored Providence six to one in the final seven uh, seven fifth uh, seven thirty ish of the third uh, to tie things up uh, at fourteen heading into the final uh, stanza there. So Fairfield able to come back. Um, Dylan Beckwith. Um, you know, solid game from him, five points, two goals, three assists for the Stags. Um, he's, like, honestly one of the most underrated players in the country. Um, Patrick Drake also had a good day for the Stags, three goals, three assists. Uh, Colin uh, Consoli with 16 saves in cage, uh, solid outing from him. Um, overall, again, I wasn't able to watch this one, but from what I can tell, um, this is, you know, very back and forth game, um, as as you can just tell by looking at the stat sheet, looking at the scores at the score summary, uh, it was like a teeter totter, right? Um, you know, always back and forth. Uh, but you know, both teams pretty even in this one um, for the most part. For Providence, you had Ryan Zimmerman with he had himself a career night, six points, uh, four goals, and two assists. Dan Axelson with two goals and three assists as well. Uh, Tim Henricks with five uh, points in this one, four goals and one assist. Uh, Toby Bergdorf had himself a solid day in cage, 14 saves. Uh, Providence moves to two and two on the season. I believe two and two. Yeah, two and two. And uh, Fairfield drops to 0 and 1. In the first, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this at all, um, like literally just mentioning the final. In the first America East Conference game of the season, the Vermont Catam- Catamounts took down the UMass Law River Hawks 21 to 7. That's all you need to know. 21 to 7. It was a 20 to 4 game heading into the final frame. 21 to 7. Final. Uh, Costerman, uh, Lima, Limogus, McCormick, uh, solid games from them. 21 to 7. 21 to 7. 
Vermont over UMass Cole. Moving on to the weekend, uh, the, the action that is to come this weekend. Uh, no bigger storyline coming into the weekend other than the rivalry, uh, Maryland-Johns Hopkins meeting. Uh, they will actually meet twice this season, so this is the first of their two meetings in 2021. Maryland hosting this one uh, on Saturday, I believe at 1 p.m. Uh, might be 2, uh, but I do believe uh, 1 p.m. is the correct time um, that game is on. And unfortunately, it's not on the Big Ten Network. It's on Big Ten Plus. Um, you know, like, I- I'm not as hyped for this game as I usually would be. Um, usually, this is one of the games that I'm always trying to watch any way I can. And usually, it's on ESPN3, Big Ten Network. Um, being on Big Ten Plus, I don't have Big Ten Plus. Not going to be able to watch it, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I do kind of think it... Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout because it's a rivalry game. And we usually, no matter what, um, those games end up pretty close, fairly close, um, you know, at least competitive, um, I should say, not close, competitive. Um, But looking at what Maryland has done over the past two weeks, I mean, you're averaging 16.5 goals a game and you're holding your opponents to to, uh, eight goals. Um, that's an average of eight goals. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, they held Michigan to nine. They held Penn State to seven. Um, I think we know which team is the better one there. And, you know, Michigan, uh, excuse me, uh, Maryland, uh, just unbelievable defense. Nick Grill, um, playing phenomenal lacrosse right now. You have, uh, McEnany, uh, in cage. Uh, McKinney, I should say, in cage, uh, doing his thing, playing fantastic. And then on the offensive end, Jared Bernhardt, Daniel Maltz leading the way. You know, this team is stacked from top to bottom. Um, this is the deepest team in the Big Ten. Um, and from what I've seen of Hopkins, I got to watch them against Ohio State. And let me tell you, I was not impressed at all. Um, they did beat Michigan 14-7 to on Saturday. Uh, it's a good win there, and we did see uh, some more diversity on that offense. It was not just Connor DeSimone taking it from X. We did see Joey, Joey Epstein step in. Um, he leads the team in goals right now with seven. I believe he had, was it five or six over the weekend against Michigan? Something like that. Um DeSimone's been playing very, very well. 10 points, 5 goals, 5 assists. Um, currently, you know, Kirsten's been playing decently in cage. Um, I think this defense overall can improve. But I do seriously, seriously question how well Johns Hopkins can play against Maryland this time around. I think the second game, we will... Everything being stagnant, you have to say that in this year. Um, if everything is normal, I and the same as this one, I think, and hopefully everything's normal for this game as well. Um, you know, I do think that the second game will probably be a better uh, 
um, a better a better game to judge because I mean, look, Hopkins did not have fall ball. They had was it a week or two week pause during the preseason, and they've only played two games. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention you have an entirely new coaching staff. You got some new dudes you're working in there as well. Like I just this team, like yes, last weekend's victory was impressive. They beat Michigan. They looked looked good. That's Michigan. That's not Maryland. So this one, like I, I'm very hesitant. Like, and again, I'm not gonna watch it. I I don't have Big Ten Plus, but even if I did, I wasn't gonna watch it anyway, honestly. Um, and I know, like I just said earlier. Hopkins Maryland is a game I always usually try to watch. I, I just don't think it's going to be that good of a game this year, to be honest with y'all. Um, I, I think Maryland's probably going to run away with it. Um, the rivalry aspect will probably make it a bit closer than it should be. But if you just look at it from a pure talent standpoint, like Hopkins has got some dudes. They've got some studs. Epstein, Grimes, DeSimone, like they've got some studs there. Cousin. But you look at Maryland, and they've got studs all over the field. You could put Maryland. No, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say you could put Maryland in, in the PLL, and they'd win a game. I think they probably would win a game. <laughs> like, they'd win a game in the PLL, but no. Um, that, that's a little much. But, um, I mean, this is a very good team. This is a very, very good Maryland team. going to be difficult for Hopkins um, this weekend. Either way. Um, also, coming in this weekend, welcome to the show, Mac. The Mac is back. They are playing a conference-only schedule, and they are getting underway this weekend. The highlighting game of this weekend, the highlighting game of this weekend, really of this season, I would say. Detroit Mercy visits Marist. In a preseason one versus two matchup. Preseason one versus two, Detroit Mercy versus Marist. Uh, Marist, the preseason number one, Detroit Mercy, the preseason number two. Marist, they return a heap of talent, um, and mostly on the offensive end in terms of fifth year guys with Jake Wienerman and Joe Tierney. Uh, but they also returned some defensive guys as well. Uh, the biggest question, obviously, is at the faceoff dot losing Peyton Smith. So that's that's what I'm going to be watching the most because, oh yeah, Detroit mostly returns Alex Jarzembowski, uh, fifth year faceoff guy, uh, faceoff man who's been unbelievable. I think he, I think right, I think currently he's at the top of the uh, record books, or he's like top three. In every category at the face-off position um, at Detroit Mercy. The, the best face-off man they've had in program history. One of the best in the MAC. Um, you know, he blows people out of the water. Um, seen it in person. Um, unbelievable game uh, that he has. So that's the one area. I, I do think Marist is the more talented team overall. On paper at least. Um that's the one area, like I'm, I'm looking at and saying, okay, like are they going to exploit that? Because if they do, I think they could probably win this game, and it's going to be a good game. Um, 
Also for Detroit Mercy, they get Brett Oskin and Kyle Waters back. Um, Logan Shamblin coming back as well. Um, none of those guys are fifth-year guys, but just for Tony's, um from a year ago. Uh, Shamblin, many forget, Logan Shamblin was the 2019 MAC Defensive Player of the Year in K, uh, the goalie. No, he had a down year last year from the bit that we that we got to play. He had a down year. Uh, so I'm looking for him to bounce back, and hopefully he can start to do that um, here against Marist on Saturday. Elsewhere in the conference, you have Quinnipiac hosting St. Bonaventure, Monmouth facing Manhattan, and Siena facing Canisius. Monmouth, Manhattan, definitely the best one of that group. Elsewhere across the country, we have um, conference play getting underway. Um, the biggest one, or the two biggest ones, I, I would say right now, um, well, I'll say three. Um, you have Drexel and Towson. It's Drexel's opener. Towson obviously coming off that 11-10 loss against Richmond. Um, and they've looked decent in their games um, that we've gotten to see them in. Obviously getting blown out by Duke and Virginia was expected, but beat Mount St. Uh, beat St. Joseph's. Uh, in their game, then lost by one to Richmond. And that was in the CAA, obviously, as they start conference play this week. The America East, obviously, their conference play got underway today with Vermont and UMass Lowell. But we also see Stony Brook UMBC on Saturday. That's going to be a decent one there. Um, Seawolves coming in with a 2-1 record uh, and coming off a loss against rival Hofstra. Um, that very, very high-scoring game. Um, Stony Brook, they've averaged 18 goals per game this season. A really, really good offense there with Dylan Palinetti leading the way. 17 points, 12 goals, 5 assists. UMBC, they're coming off an op- a season-opening win. Overtime victory, 8-7 to against Mount St. Mary's, uh, where they had to come back in that one. Um, should be a decent one there um, against... The Retrievers and the Seawolves. Moving here to the Patriot League. Now, one of like this is always one of my favorite matchups. Um, Lehigh Loyola. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, they're in the same division this year because the Patriot League split into divisions, so they'll play each other twice, I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, So Lehigh coming into this one after uh, they beat NJIT um, very bad in that opener. Uh, Tommy Schelling led the way there. Uh, Lehigh, very good team. Um, Connor Gaffney was out last game at the faceoff dot. You know, is he back for this one? Um, was it a you know, one game? It, it, it is different because they don't like announce guys have COVID, but like or, or in protocol. All the time, um, but it's normally two weeks or ten days, depending on the conference. I believe, um, I believe the Pedro weeks two weeks, so fourteen days. Um, so is he back this week or is he not? I honestly do not know. Uh, but if he is, that will be huge for Lehigh coming into this game. Uh, Loyola, they have a two-one record. Beat Utah twenty to eight on Saturday. Aiden Olmstead has been playing phenomenal this season. Uh, he had he had 
14, uh, he leads the way with uh, seven goals, seven assists, 14 points right now through three games. Evan James, Kevin Lindley playing well, 11 and 10 points respectively. Um, Cam Wilde is playing good on defense. Uh, Schaefer has been phenomenal in cage. Um, another Patriot League game I would suggest y'all watch. Boston U Army could be a decent one. Uh, Colgate Holy Cross could also be a decent one as well. Uh, Patriot League is always pretty interesting top to bottom, to be honest with y'all. Um, some other games this weekend that you need to pay attention to, and then we'll get out of here. I know this is a quicker podcast than usual. Virginia takes on Air Force Saturday at 12 p.m. The Wahoos, I expect to win this one um, pretty you know, single-handedly. Um, Virginia coming off that win today against High Point, and then I can't remember who Air Force played last. I remember they they lost to Denver pretty bad, um, but uh, they, you know, they've gotten some good play from uh, Braden Host and Cage this season, uh, just as they had last year. Let's look up the uh, point up the schedule here real quick. Okay, so, oh, yes, yes, Duke. They lost to Duke on Saturday. Um, they've beaten Utah 10-9. to uh, Matthew O'Rourke out of Sewanee, Georgia, uh, having a good season for them. Ethan Grandolfo, Quincy Peen, uh, the top three guys on the offensive end. I mentioned Braden Host playing a, uh, solid, having a solid season, uh, senior season there, holding down the fort in cage, uh, 39 saves for the senior thus far. Uh, Virginia, obviously coming off that impressive performance today. Peter LaSala went off. You know, Kyle, uh, yeah, Kyle Road went off. Um, college, you went off. I mean, you just... And then offensively, like, just name who you want to go off any single day, and they will do it. Like, um, the one thing I will watch out for with Virginia, they said on today's broadcast that Ian Laviano was kind of, well, he was limited in, in today's game. So I'm wondering what the future is for him. Uh, not, I don't want to say future, but, like, what um, if he has a nagging injury um, that continues through, uh, for a couple weeks, so I uh, wonder if they will hold him out against Air Force, um, since probably going to be a win there. Um, Penn State and Ohio State, obviously both teams coming off pretty big losses. Ohio State losing to Rutgers, Penn State losing to um, Maryland, both looking to get back on track there. Both very solid teams. You look at Penn State and what they have and uh, Mac O'Keefe and, and those guys there. And I think that's a very good team. Uh, they're going to figure things out. Ohio State, you look at Trey McClair um, and all the guys on that squad. Um, Eric wins in that defense has been phenomenal. Um, well, they were against Johns Hopkins. I mean, not too well against Rutgers, but um, that is a very, very, very good Rutgers squad. Uh, both these teams had to... Had to face very good teams last week and took losses. Moving on to Sunday, we have Providence and Villanova. Um, one against kind of meddling um, Big East squads there. Uh, Providence, we just talked about getting that win. Uh, Villanova, believe they are uh, one and one or something like that. Yes, one and one because they lost to uh, Georgetown pretty big. 
and then they uh, beat Marquette uh, last week, sixteen to fourteen. We saw Matt Campbell go off in that one. Uh, he's having a phenomenal season there um, for the Wildcats. We also see Richmond and Duke on Sunday. Um, this is one. Look, we know what Duke is. We know what they have on both ends of the field. We know what Richmond is. Like I, like, I don't think I honestly don't think Richmond has reached their potential this year. Well, no team has reached their potential yet. But like, we have not, we have not seen like Richmond at their best yet. Like I think with some of these other SoCon teams, like High Point, we saw them at their best. Their best, their best is probably losing to Carolina and Virginia by one two goals. Their best is competing with those teams and running with them for the course of the game, but dropping it. Similarly with Richmond is what they did against Loyola. And, uh, you know, they've beaten Duke before. Uh, have they be- no, they beat Notre Dame before. They've almost beaten Duke. They've almost beaten Duke before. They have not beaten Duke. They beat Notre Dame um, 2019. They've competed with Duke very, very heavily, though. You know, so my questions really for this game lie more on the Richmond side, um, more so than on Duke. I mean, we know what Duke is. Like, I know that. I know how good they are. I don't think Richmond's getting this win. Um, but I am, you know, coming off that 11-10 victory over Towson, I wonder how much energy they have coming into this game. Um, you know, and, and I do want to see this offense get going more. Um, and I do want to see them like, cause they, they have this tendency and I think you could say high point has this tendency a bit as well. And a lot of SoCon teams have this is like when you're playing an ACC team, they'll get up for so long and they expend so much energy trying to run with them early in the game. They expend so much energy running with them for three quarters. They forget it's a four quarter game. Like they will, and we saw that against Loyola with um, Richmond, and we've seen that with Richmond in the past. It's like they drop off in the final fifteen minutes of the game. Like they drop off, and sometimes not even the final entire quarter. Sometimes it's the final five minutes, and they just drop dead. Um, essentially, um, probably should use a better word for that, but um, you know, essentially they just stop playing. I stopped playing, but no. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, but Richmond, solid team. Uh, I have personally think they will win the SoCon, which would be a three-peat technically, um, since we didn't have one last year. Uh, would be the first three-peat in SoCon history. Uh, Jack Rustbolt playing very well. 58% safe percentage there. Uh, Ryan Langebury, I want to see more out of him. He's only got three goals and six assists through the first three games. I thought he'd at least be in double digits by now. Do you want to see more out of him? Want to see more out of my guy, Mitch Savoka? Um, you know, one of the most, um, you know, you know, kind of um, forgotten players on that offense. Um, he's played very well throughout his career. Uh, so do want to see uh, what he can do, um, especially against a Duke team. Um, and we've seen him go off before. Uh, so do you want to see Mitch Savoka? Tate Gallagher as well, another 
senior. I believe fifth-year senior as well. Um, so some guys I do want to see step up on Richmond's side. Uh, but I do think uh, in the end we are going to get that uh, Duke win that we we all kind of expect, um, especially this Duke team. But uh, we'll be interesting there. Um, can they hold? Uh, you know, what, how will they play? Michael Sowers? You know what? How do they do that? Uh, Joe Robertson had ten points last week, so you know, do they hone in on on him as well? Uh, he's playing some dang good lacrosse right now, uh, so you know. Everyone wants to talk about salads, but there's a lot more that you have to worry about than just Michael Salas on that Duke offense. Um, and Duke's defense has looked pretty good um, so far this season as well. Um, obviously, I uh, haven't gotten an ACC game in yet, uh, but uh, do expect them to continue this kind of level of play. Once we get into the ACC, obviously tougher competition, so I don't expect them to be you know, winning seventeen to seven. Although Syracuse did win twenty to ten over Virginia, so I guess that's just the kind of year that it's going to be. That is it for today's show. But before I do my normal exit, um, I do a sign off. I should say I do want to bring attention to something that uh, is not lacrosse related, but. Um, I, you know, sometimes you, 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 you've got to break from lacrosse and talk about what's going on in the world around you. Um, and here in Kentucky, um, in the Eastern part of the state, um, there is massive, massive flooding throughout the Southeastern portion, uh, mainly and other parts of the state as well, uh, in the Western part near the Ohio River, has also flooded a bit, but not to the same extent. Here in Louisville, it's flooded. The Ohio River has a bit, but not to the same extent as it has, uh, well, the rivers have, the Kentucky River, uh, Red River, things of that nature, um, in uh, bodies of water like that. In eastern Kentucky have flooded um, because of all the, all the snow and ice that we had. Um, Texas may have gotten all the attention, but Eastern Kentucky and Eastern Tennessee were hit um, just as bad, just as bad. Um, may not have been the same situation uh, with the power um, not being connected to the rest of the country and all of that, but um, where there were power outages for a week, there were um, people without water for a week, and, and so on and so forth. Um, in Eastern Kentucky, they're getting over. They were getting over that this weekend, and then it was seventy degrees this weekend. And what's that going to do to any remaining ice and snow? I think you all know what that does. It melts it, and that all goes into the river. And when you have that much ice and snow melting at the same time, and it rained, that massive flooding across. At least five to seven counties. And mind you, five of the counties hit the most. Go look up the most impoverished counties in the country. Five of the counties on that list of the top 10 or 20 were flooded in in Kentucky. They're in eastern Kentucky, and they were flooded this weekend. Some of them still underwater. 
So I do want to bring attention to um, what the what the folks in Eastern Kentucky are are going through right now. Um, you know, I you know thoughts and prayers out to those people. Um, if y'all have seen my uh, post on Instagram Instagram story, I posted um, on Wednesday morning, I believe it was. Um, and I have the link. If you go to Lacrosse Bucket on Instagram, the link um, in the bio is to a nonprofit organization where you can donate. Um, Appalachia for Kentucky, uh, you can donate uh, to help the flood relief because it is um, in many areas. It's 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 really really bad, uh, really really bad. Um, it's gone down in some places. Um, and they're starting the cleanup process, but in others, it's still the water is just stagnant and staying right now. Um, so definitely thoughts, thoughts and prayers out to all those people. Um, you know, sorry to end the show on a sad note, uh, but had to get that in there. Um, you know, for all y'all sit around and listen again. Thank you, thank you, um, and thank you all for listening. Um, again. This week, uh, we'll be back on Sunday. As always, you can uh, find us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com. My personal Twitter at Tanner underscore Dimling. Stay safe and have a great weekend. Enjoy the lacrosse.